Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Welcome to Exploring Missions. It's good to be with you on this weekend. We hope you're having a good weekend. Hope you got the honeydews done and you're worshiping the Lord and uh, getting ready to go back fresh on Monday to that job. Some of you have to work over the weekend, and I realize that. Pastors always had to work on the weekend on Sundays. And some people said, man, that's one day a week. Y'all got it made. But anyway, we won't go there. Uh, If they had kept up with the pastors I know, they would not have said that. But this is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper, and he's our co-host. Nathan, thank you. Thank you. I do have a question. You mentioned the honeydew list. Is the honeydew list ever done? (laughs) Never, never. (laughs) And uh, it gets added. It seems like it gets longer. And uh, but yeah, it's fun. I love to check them off when I do get it. I'm a checker. I love to check them off. I'm the same way. Yeah. So anyway, but we have a special guest today, Nathan. We're excited about that. And uh, how do you like three Harpers in the same room? Yeah, if you have three Harpers in the same room, it might blow up. I don't know. Now, the good part about this, Harper is the name, is the first name of our guest. This is Harper Hughes. Harper, welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, it's good. And we want to let you know he is my nephew and Nathan's cousin. And uh, so he's he's a lot better looking than we are, Nathan. What do you think? I think I think looks got better as 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 the you know the gene pool went down. Maybe I don't know how you. <laughs> I'd have to agree with that. <laughs> further, further away, yeah. But Harper, it is good to have you. We appreciate it. Well, we want you to do two or three things. We're going to talk about missions and mission trips you've been on, where they are, what's going on, what we've seen and observed. But uh, tell us a little bit about your journey, your spiritual journey, your salvation, your ministry call and where, where you are. Tell us a little bit about that. We want that in a, in a capsule kind of form, but go right ahead, brother. Okay. Um, so I started out, uh, you know, accepting Christ as it was, but then I kind of felt the call in to do ministry and didn't know really what kind. Went through it and uh, kind of just fell in love with youth ministry and especially like multicultural ministry. Uh, so now I'm the youth minister at Union Baptist Church in Kossuth, Mississippi, and I've been there for about seven months now. And so, can can GPSs pick up Kasuth? It cannot. Okay, and uh, you're on the outskirts of Kasuth. Yes. Okay. Now I, I want to tell you, I, I've pastored up that way in Alcorn County, and I know some of the roads there. And uh, if you go back into what is called the Hatchie Hills, you may get lost. And uh, so anyway, it's fun. So all those folks in Alcorn County that's listening. Uh, we appreciate you and love you, but you're there and you've been there a year, uh, close to a year. Uh, it's about seven months now. Seven months, and you're still on your honeymoon, I'm still as we on call it. it. Okay, but before that and after that, you've made some quite a bit of mission trips. You got involved in the BSU at Northeast Junior College, am I right? Yes, sir. And the director there is Wayne Vandiver, who's mm-hmm. a great friend of mine, and uh, just love him to death and thank God for him. And so BSU opened up the idea of, of missions to you. Yes, yes. And it does every year, isn't it? And amazing, Nathan, that's the Baptist Student Union. But you also have other campus ministries 
that open up the world to to the students, and many of them get to go on mission trips around the world. Yeah, college students are at a really unique place in their life where um, they, you know, they need ministry too, but uh, they they begin to you know realize God can minister through them, and uh, you know they're very mobile and very um, there's there's more freedom at that age and you know stage in your life, and and uh, God has used college students for many years in mission work. Um, one of the greatest mission movements in history, uh, you know, was through young people and through uh, college students. And, uh, you know, even to this day, there are mission workers on the field have been there for years and years, and their first start was through a college program of sending, you know, student missionaries out maybe for a summer or for a, a spring break or something like that. Pastoring many years and the staff members that I had, many of them, they started student ministry at a college as a summer missionary. The word, uh, the other adjective that I'd put into that age is adventurous. So they're adventurous where a lot of times as you get older, you get less adventurous. So that led you to some mission trips. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about specifically two of those. And one of them was to the Philippines. Uh, tell us about the Philippines a little bit, Harper. Okay, so uh, one thing about the Philippines is where there's a lot of people that go every year, there's not always a lot of people that go to the most needed areas there. Like uh, Southern Lady, they're the Warai Warai people. And the translation to that means nothing of nothings. Wow. And so the the percentage of reach people there is actually about, it's, uh, last time I checked, it was like 1.5% to 2% of the reach people groups there. So that was a big, big impact on my heart was you see, you know, churches around here, especially in the South, they say, well, we're getting a trip together to go to the Philippines. And, you know, where are you going? Oh, we're going to Manila. Oh, we're going to Tacloban. So the different areas like that. And then when I found out there's this great need of this people group there, that's what kind of sparked my attention. And so I just proceeded to go. And it was a wonderful blessing to get to see how open and receptive these uh, people were. And, you know, some of the people were like, uh, I've been having dreams of this guy named Jesus, or I've been wanting to know this guy, Jesus. I've, I've seen his name on posters. I've seen his name here. And, you know, they just wanted that interaction. That way they could actually find out who he really was. Nathan, we've done a program concerning the unreached people groups and go into them. Uh, sounds like Harper had that heart maybe even before you knew the percentages. Uh, the percentage is uh, about 30% of of the world's population, 29 to 28, 30%, somewhere in there, rounding off to 30%, is unreached and without access, and, and they're not believers. Yeah. And so you doing that is helping carry out the Great Commission. Yeah, I had a question uh, specifically about the Philippines because uh, it's such a unique uh, country and it's multiple islands and very diverse um, uh, kind of place. You have the the huge, humongous city of Manila, uh, which has its own challenges and things. But some of the Philippines, it would be considered reached with the gospel. Mm -hmm. Some would be considered, like you talked about, unreached without access to the gospel. Um, what makes the difference? Is Are the reached places just maybe geographically easier to get to, or is it the openness of the people that makes the difference? What would you say is the difference? Uh, one, one big thing is the financial differences. So uh, uh, the bigger towns, or I say bigger cities, like Manila has resources to have churches everywhere. Uh, they have resources to bring Americans in for business. 
and then in turn the uh, people get to know the Americans. And if they were Christians, you know, the Americans led them to Christ that way. But in the outreached, it would be more or less just uh, it's kind of hard to get to because the entire time we had no running water, mm. no electricity, uh, nothing for the entire two months. And they did not. Uh, a lot of people don't want to go there during that hard times like that. So they kind of stray towards more of the bigger cities. Right. And then they've started churches also in the bigger cities that send out other Filipinos in order to reach other Filipinos in the city. And even the Filipinos there don't want to go into the hard areas. Really? Wow. The so hard areas are real. So it's just a lot of physical hardship mm-hmm. that makes, makes it somewhat inaccessible. Okay. Well, I remember when you got back from the Philippines, I got to see you pretty quick after that. Your beard was long and your hair was long, but at least you had taken a bath since That's you'd right. gotten back. Amen. That's I do right. want to ask you about that. Just yeah. it's, it's kind of funny, but um, it, may, I, I just need to ask if it's true, I guess. Um, a friend of mine went to the Philippines for the first time, and he forgot his, his razor to shave with. He didn't think that was a big deal. He would just pick one up when he was there. And he looked all over and could never find a razor, and his beard got long and scraggly, and and he, he couldn't find a, a razor to shave with. And finally, he asked someone, they said, well, we don't have to shave. Most Filipinos don't grow facial hair. So is that the same experience that you had? Definitely true. I, I left all the razors at home, thinking, uh, you know, airport, make it easier instead of my backpack, and uh, went to buy one when I got there, and there was none anywhere. Like, I was talking to a Filipino that was about 55 years old. He said, I have one chin hair, and I pull it out. <laughs> now you can't see this but if you could see harper uh he's got red hair red beard and that red beard when he got back it was bushy and uh, you would have passed for esau i I'll tell you that in the old testament uh, i when i saw him i thought man he, he would have been that man or he'd have been john the baptist if john had red hair but uh, that experience those people Tell us about the people there in, in the, that you were ministering to and ministering with. Who was with you? How many people went with you to this? Uh, uh, the unreached people? There was three other Americans, and we had two national partners from the Philippines to okay. help with language barriers. And they were willing to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you went there, and tell us about the reception you got there. Were they ready to receive you Americans? So uh, the first island we went to, the name of it was Hilabaan, and— uh, the people there actually didn't want anything to do with us. Uh, we went around for four or five days trying to talk with them, playing with the children. And if we played with the children, their parents would tell them, no, uh, they're the monsters. They're going to get you. They're going to eat you, is what they would tell the kids. And so that was a big challenge we had. And we finally just had to start singing with the children. And finally, the parents seen that we weren't you know, bad people. And that was kind of the same thing that happened on every island we went to while we were there. And and so the skeptic is really real there for those people. Now, geographically, is that in the southern portion, the west? Do you remember exactly kind of? I've got the, like Nathan said, it's island after island in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those of us that have geographical, a little bit of knowledge, tell us, is so it southern It would be southern. It was, in, uh, it was actually in uh, Southern Lady as well, which is in the bottom right corner. Okay. Well, wow. How, how did you get there, by boat or by plane? Uh, six plane rides and three boat rides. Six plane rides and how many boat rides? Three boat rides. Three boat rides. Tell us about the plane. Can you remember the plane? You left where here in America and went to where? I went 
we want people. The reason we do this is we want people to know that hey, this is not a pleasure trip. This is a mission trip that people go on. And and air travel when you have to get six different ones. Yeah, it gets tough. It's tough, and you got to make it. So tell us that. So I went from Atlanta to O'Hare in Chicago, Chicago to LAX, and then from LAX I went to Tokyo, from Tokyo to Cebu, Cebu to Manila, Manila to Tacloban, and then from there I took the three boat rides, and they were each about eight hours apiece. Eight um, hours apiece. To reach people mm-hmm. who rejected, basically. For sure. I mean, message. even the Filipino people, they don't want anything to do with the war-eyed people. They're, they're, that sounds like India uh, with that run. The yeah, the people, untouchables. The untouchables yeah. in, in India. Sounds a lot like them. Well, how long were you there in that area? Uh, ten weeks. Ten weeks. Mm-hmm. And did you see any progress in receptivity to you, you guys in the message of Jesus? For sure. Uh, any any new island we went to or a new area, we always had those setbacks in the beginning. But uh, the longer we were there, the more receptive we have on the same island we were on the first island. Uh, by the fourth or fifth day, we had a Bible study going with 60 to 80 people. And then by the end of that week, I mean, we'd come to see 30 to 40 different uh, new professions of faith. So it was really neat to the see. The Filipino people, after they receive, you're very open. I, that's that's what I'm amazing. I, a lot of the friends that's gone to the Philippines, and and the reason and the Philippines is a unique place because of all the islands, the isolation of some of them, and the open, you know the yeah. receptivity. It's a whole so, different culture. Whole to different itself. culture within itself within that whole country. Yeah, I would. You know, there's what Harper's talking about is what um, some missionaries refer to as the prior question of trust, the PQT, the prior question of trust. And before any kind of uh, gospel witness can be shared verbally or even maybe you know visibly, um, you have to answer the. Everyone has this question: Can I trust you? You know, and this was probably obvious with these parents wondering, can they trust you with just singing songs with my children? And every every person, especially when there's an outsider coming into a new culture, a new place, you have to be able to answer that prior question of trust. Before you can get any anywhere, uh, another way to look at it is is clearing stones. You know, before you plant uh, in the ground, and before there's ever a harvest, before there's ever growth, before you can even plant seeds in the ground or work the soil, you have to clear stones. And many mission workers spend years and years, and all they get to do is clear stones in the people's lives and the in the culture for the next group of missionaries to come along and be able to plant seeds of the gospel. So it's still important work to do that. So it's a vital part. You don't give up. That's right. Because you don't reach them the first time, you don't give well, up. The giving up answers the prior question of trust in the negative and saying, oh, you're, we can't trust you. You're not going to stick it out. You can't live here in this hard life that we live in on a daily basis. If you can't handle that, how can we trust you? Okay. I, I've got to ask, did you take food to eat? On your way, to, was the food supplied, or could you eat their food? Because that's a in in isolated areas, that's a big deal. Um, so we didn't take food because we thought that would kind of make them think we were higher than them on the status. So we actually ate the food they were, which was a big challenge, honestly. Yeah. Um, but no, we we ate just like they did, and everything with our hands and all. 
And this was your first uh, international mission trip. Yes. Nathan? He, he went hardcore to, right from hardcore the Hardcore to begin with. Harper, I, you know, I, I had, I don't, I'm not sure I asked you that the first time about the eating. You about the water, not mm-hmm. bathing and everything like that. But I, I, I had not asked you about the food. So did you did you eat balut? I did. Um, every wow. house we went into. It, uh, Tell we, us what that is. So it's a fertilized duck egg, and they let it sit. You know, they started at 14 days is the earliest you can eat it, and by that time it's just a baby duck with no feathers. Uh, and then it goes up to 28 days, and by then it's got full feathers, beak, and everything on it. And you just crack it open. Eat it and pour a little you, vinegar on it. Do you close your eyes and not know whether it's got feathers or not? The first three or four times, yes. But then after you get used to you it. You adjust it? Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask a dangerous question before we go to the other country that you've been to. Would you go back? Oh, definitely. Would go back today if I could. You have a heart for the people? Definitely have a heart for the people. Changes you, doesn't it? It openly does. I mean, for sure when you see the need and see the love of the people, you know, it, it just... It takes your heart from the United States here and just sends you to that unreached people group. Does it make you feel about things here differently? Oh, it, it, it does. I, I get frustrated sometimes with the churches here because the lack of doing something about it. We're talking to a millennial, Nathan. Yeah. Okay. And uh, these people that think that, oh, there's no good, they just hadn't been around some of the ones that you and I have been around. Yeah, Harbor's that's right. Harbor's an example of that. Let's talk about the other mission trip that you've been on, and we're going to go to Southeast Asia. There are certain areas uh, in Southeast Asia that are closed and open, some open more than others, and, uh, and, and so it's a great place over there, but it's, it's a difficult place, too. Tell us about when you went to Southeast Asia. Okay, so I, I went for a month this past Christmas. Um, it was a closed country as well, so there'll be a lot of things that I can and cannot say. Uh, but it was kind of, it's a completely different ball game than the Philippines. Uh, instead of trying to build trust with people, instead they wanted to come up to you and say, uh, can we practice English? Can we talk English? Can we talk English? And so the best ministry tool that we had was we'd go sit in a coffee shop and we'd sit there for 30 minutes. <clears throat> and then there would be about... 30 to 60 uh, people there that would just gather around and then you would look at them and say, hey, let's do an English lesson and I've got this book that we can use. And they did not know you were from Northeast Mississippi teaching the English language. They did right? not. And okay. that's scary. That is kind of scary. It would be, we, we, you want them to learn to talk like you? I, You know, that yeah. would be scary. It, so there's probably places, little pockets in the world where, uh, you know, maybe in Southeast Asia where there's people that have learned English but learned it with a Mississippi accent. And hey, I've got the classic Mississippi accent, and I've tried to change it, and it just it's it's stuck with me. I got it early, and I and I can't get rid of it. I'm I've gotten where I'm proud of it, and uh, I was trying to talk correctly, and that was a task. But they would want to talk with you, just just come up to you. They would initiate it. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm understanding? Definitely, they would. I mean, it took no work to get people to talk to you. Okay, two or three things, and Nathan, I know you have a question or two, but. Uh, tell us, did you go with the BSU again, or is this a different? Uh, no, actually, it was just me and two others, and we went by ourselves. Two guy, two other guys or gals, yes. two other guys, and on your own, you raised enough funds, and y'all, you guys went there. Uh, yes, uh, it was two guys that I knew from here, and we actually met two others that was going with us. But yes, okay. we raised our own funds and went. 
Did you have a connection over there that y'all were destination? I did not. I just went there. Yes. On your own. Yes. Uh, Nathan, adventures? Yeah. That's something. Tell us about your journey. Again, we did this with the Mm -hmm. Philippines. Don't be specific in Mm -hmm. the last place, but where'd you start and you go to? Um, So we started in at uh, Memphis to Atlanta, Atlanta to California. Somewhere in Canada. I okay. don't remember exactly where. And then from Canada to Hong Kong and then to the final okay. destination. Okay. So you four mm-hmm. four connecting four flights. flights. Again, we're talking about going to places. Now, Nathan, you know, tell us about unreached people groups. Tell us about a little bit about Southeast Asia. Well, Southeast Asia is very uh, diverse in uh, not only uh, countries, but people groups as well. And... Um, like, you know, Harper mentioned the Philippines, there's, you know, hundreds of people groups just in that one country. And there's other countries that uh, have a similar kind of story and uh, multiple languages are spoken. And mo- there's multiple uh, religions from uh, from Buddhism to uh, you might even find pockets of, uh, of Hinduism in certain cities, but you'll find Christianity. You'll find um, some have heritage of Catholicism that goes way back. Um, definitely Islam is a, is a part of a lot of, uh, a lot of these places. And so it's, uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a place that has its own challenges and, um, but there are some really good, strong, uh, holds of, of, of the gospel there. And so, you know, God's working all throughout Southeast Asia. And so you went there the Christmas of 2017. Yes. And spent 10 days. Uh, I spent three weeks. Three weeks? Yes. In Southeast Asia? Yes. So you missed Christmas break at home? I did. I missed Christmas holidays as well. So what does your mom feel about that? Uh, she was not happy at first when I first told her I was leaving. But uh, after I told her what I was doing, <clears throat> she got more open to it and she was. A hundred percent supporter. That is amazing, Harper. As you look at Southeast Asia and relationships there, uh, any lasting ones? Did any of them want to continue conversations uh, over the, you know, internet, Facebook, or anything? I carry on conversations with about thirty to forty different people from different countries every day here. Every day. Every day. Nathan and I did a another program concerning connectivity and how different it is, globalization, and a lot of folks see that, you know, only the financial and political, Mm -hmm. but the globalization of that missionally, Nathan, it just turns turns the world upside down for his mission work, doesn't it? The the world, you might say the world has become become flat, you know, in the sense that people are connected uh, literally, like Harper, to people on the other side of the world, uh, through social media and through technology. And it's not just that, but each of them know people that they probably have mutual connections with. <laughs> and, you know, the gospel always spreads uh, through social networks. You can never find the gospel taking root in one place or another without it spreading through social networks, pre existing relationships and connections. And so instead of uh, you know, like a missionary, like Harford mentioned, he he would go and he would establish new relationships, and that's important. But for the gospel to really take root and to multiply within a people group, it's got to 
It's got to go from one existing relationship to another. Uh, instead of new relationships always having to be built, there's already networks of people. There's already uh, what you would call an oikos, uh, where um, that, that social sphere has already been established. And uh, Harper would be an example of an outsider coming into that sphere, but there will be a person of peace within the middle of that social sphere that through that person of peace, the gospel will spread. And that's how you see uh, church planting movements and disciple-making movements occur. When I think of churches here in America, the percentages are true about those relationships and connectivity. Eighty-something percent of people choose to go to a church because of relationships with members Mm. and not because of who's preaching. Sometimes, yes, very dynamic preachers do grow, grow, draw people. We know that. But most of the time, it's through relationships with others. And so that's just not true here. That's true worldwide. Those yeah. relationships and missional, it's, it's, they got to go together. They do. And it's interesting you mentioned the number, 87%. Is that true? Yes, what I've heard. There's another uh, statistic that says 86% of the world's population, uh, of the world's unreached people groups, we'll put it that way, of the world's um, non-Christians, I'm sorry, 86% of the world's non-Christians do not know another Christian. So that's why, in a lot of ways, they don't follow Jesus, is they don't have a witness. They don't have someone in their social sphere to tell them about Jesus. I think of the Ethiopian eunuch that came to Jerusalem to worship, and God had at least given him the idea of one God in worshiping him. He took the book of Isaiah, or part of the book of Isaiah, back. We know it was at least the suffering servant, and then Philip comes alongside and preaches to him Jesus when he asks, is he talking about himself or someone else? And and then that Ethiopian goes back, and he shares truth. And later on, when missionaries would go, they would already find that they were Christians already there because of one person yeah. taking the gospel to a mm-hmm. group of people. I ask you this about the Philippines. Let me ask you about Southeast Asia. Would you go back there? I would go back in a heartbeat. Are you planning on going back on mission trips, or have you had enough, and you're just going to stick to the youth here in America, or what? Uh, I plan for this summer. (laughs) (laughs) His eyes are lighting up, Nathan, that he's planning on a trip and going somewhere else. That's great. I mean, and and I think the challenge will be to, you know, as God has given you, um, you know, a group of people, a youth group to help equip and mobilize, maybe see how many of those you can you can train up and equip to take with you, you know? Uh, I mean, I for sure, my older youth, my older youth have just been, uh, I've been pushing them towards missions the entire time. I mean, they're like, well, what should we do? Oh, we should do a mission trip. I mean, that's what we should do. Well, they can start where they are. The Our, our lineup here on exploring missions and our introduction songs and words has around the world and across town. And so you do missions, but I want to say thank you for taking it to the ends of the earth. That's uh, the, that's pretty good. I appreciate the people that helped me afford to go. Our guest today on Exploring Missions has been Harper Hughes. And Harper, thank you for being with us. And right. we pray that God would use you greatly in his kingdom. Well, thank you for the opportunity. We want to encourage those who are listening to be a part of God's mission plan for the world because he wants to use you in a way that he's using Harper and others to reach the 
nations of this earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we pray that Exploring Missions through AFR and Urban Family Network has helped you to equip you to become all that God wants you to be in his kingdom.